Welcome to Middle School Mayhem, surviving your kids' awkward years. If you're a middle school parent looking for practical tips and advice on raising your preteen or teenager, you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Bill Renner, and I'm here to guide you through the ups and downs of parenting during these challenging and exciting years. Each week, we'll explore a different topic related to middle school, from communication and discipline to mental health and academic success. I'll share my own experiences, not only as a principal, but my other favorite title, Dad, as well as insights from experts and other parents who have been through it all. So, if you're ready not only to survive, but thrive through your kids' awkward years with grace, humor, and honesty, join me for Middle School Mayhem. In today's episode, I'll share 10 useful tips to help your student transition into middle school. You'll hear tips on how not to be the helicopter parent, how to foster a growth mindset, and understanding the power of setting clear expectations, along with some other supports that you might not know that you have available. So let's get started. When discussing middle school, three things stand out that we seem to narrow down. The three main aspects of change that students worry about are logistical, social, and academic. Logistical concerns include finding classrooms, dealing with tardiness, and locating common areas such as the cafeteria, the band room, and bathrooms. Middle school presents a more complex environment with larger campus and more students and separate teachers for different subjects. For students with learning or attention difficulties, Understanding the rules and procedures of a new school becomes even more crucial. Navigating multiple transitions between classes and organizing materials can be challenging in the first few weeks. While most students worry about the logistics and social aspects before entering middle school, academic concerns may surface once they are settled. Students may worry about the difficulty of classes or the amount of homework or the expectations of teachers. Entering middle school often coincides with emotional and physical changes, making academics' performance drop. Teachers may have less personalized instruction, and students are expected to take charge of their assignments and their projects. When you really think about it, your child is moving from the top of the elementary school heap to the bottom rung of the middle school social ladder. She may have heard that older students tease or bully the younger ones, she knows for sure that she and her best friends are unlikely to be in every single class together. And even worse, there may be classes where she doesn't know anyone at all on that first day. And if your child with learning or attention problems struggles to make friends in any way, then this all adds up to a potential social nightmare. Remember that in addition to changing schools, your child is entering adolescence, a stage where kids start to rely more on their peers and pull away from their parents. This is a time where being a part of a group is very important and being perceived as different can be devastating. It's not surprising to find that friends in a new school is a top priority. The good news is that the more varied social environment also offers many more opportunities to meet people. Being in multiple classes each day means your student is surrounded by more potential friends. The better news is that once students are settled into middle school, they report that friendships and social scene are among the best things about school. So, what's all of this mean? 
Well, simply put, what you focus on is what you get. Let me say that one more time. What you focus on is what you get. So as a principal, if I focus on the negative behaviors that are happening all through the building, guess what I'm going to see a lot more of? Yes, those negative behaviors. If I focus on how am I gonna get out of my office and connect with students and staff, guess what I'll find? Little nuggets of time that already existed in my calendar, which could be used for time to connect. Here's one more example. I want you to focus on how many red vehicles you see in a given day. Guess what you're gonna see more of? Yes, red vehicles. Here's my point. Transitions can be tricky and they can add stress and anxiety, but they don't have to be. It all depends on where we devote our time, our effort and energy. That's where today's podcast is coming in. So here are 10 ideas that might help you and your student ease the transition into middle school. Let's begin with an easy one. Talk with your student about the changes they can expect in middle school. Explain the differences between elementary and middle school as such as they'll have more teachers, they'll have lockers, it'll be a longer day, yes, you'll have to get up earlier. Also, feel free to visit the webpage and snoop around. Review the student handbook and encourage this as a part of life and we just have to embrace it as we all had to go through it. Next up is encourage independence by teaching your student how to navigate their schedule organize the materials, and manage their time effectively. This will help them become more confident and responsible. You'll be able to access your student's schedule via the parent portal. You can view this once we get a little closer to school and all the emergency paperwork is completed. It doesn't take too long, so be proactive and that will set you up for success. The third one on the list is getting involved in the school activities. It's so important. And we want to encourage your student to participate in clubs or sports or other activities to help make new friends and feel connected to our new school community. We offer a variety of activities in the fall, such as robotics teams, writing and art clubs, tech academies, sports, leadership opportunities, special orientation days for incoming students, dances, drama. There really is something for everyone. And we'll help you get connected and stay connected. Speaking of connecting, connecting with other parents and teachers is another great way to support your student's transition. Encourage your student to connect with other students and families by attending parent-teacher conferences and to stay informed about their progress. Look for the school newsletter near the end of the summer. It'll provide dates and times and other activities to help ease your transition. Yes, I said your transition. It can be just as stressful for us parents as well as the students. Number five is next, and that's simply practicing study skills is also crucial. Teach your student how to study effectively and manage their workload, including taking notes, completing homework, and preparing for tests. Develop a plan now of how you'll set the student up for success in completing their work. There'll be more to come later with future podcasts talking all about academic success. So be sure to take a listen to that one. All right, we're over halfway done. Number six, if your student is feeling nervous about a transition, listen to their concerns and offer support. Consider reaching out to a school counselor or a psychologist for additional assistance. Folks, they're here for a reason. And reaching out to them doesn't mean there is a problem or you're not a good parent. 
It simply means you're using your resources and you're setting your student up for success. Number seven, think about this. How will your student get to school? By a bus, carpool, or are you dropping off? What will they carry? A backpack, a sling bag? Yes, these little things matter. Why? Because the sooner we can check these things off our list, the sooner we can create extra space in our brains for other important things. So I call it majoring in the minors. It'll help you ease the uneasy thoughts that are swirling through their brain. And speaking of the brain, how about fostering a growth mindset? It's also so important. You'll want to emphasize the importance of effort and perseverance and encourage your student to embrace challenges as opportunities for growth. I want you to think of it like this. If someone told you you're not good at something, how does that help you? I mean, really think about it. How does that broad statement give you any feedback on what you need to do differently? It doesn't, yet we do this all of the time. So instead of saying, I'm not good at, and then you fill in the blank, say, I'm not good at that, yet. This indicates that you're still in the learning process and success can be achieved. More to come on mindset and its power in the upcoming weeks. We're starting to wind down with number nine and that's simply setting clear expectations. Discuss and establish rules and boundaries for behavior, study habits, and communication with teachers and friends. And please remember that you are the parent and also know that students crave boundaries. They want to know where is that line. And we need to be clear in our communication, what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. Obviously, that's up for you and your family. So let's use this as an example. Have you ever told your child to clean the room? Let's say that you have and she complies. She also tells you that her room is clean. So as you approach to get the final inspection, you take one look and you flip out mentioning, well, this isn't put away, and that doesn't belong here, and this is the empty cereal bowl, what's it doing here? The challenge this brings is that you have different expectations of what clean is. Did you tell them exactly what clean looks like? Did you give examples such as clothes in the hamper, not on the floor, dishes in the sink, not at your desk, etc.? By noting clear indicators of what your expectations are of a clean room, you set her up for success and there's no frustration on both parts so there's no mystery in cracking the code because the expectations are set and agreed upon by both setting clear expectations will help keep things calm on the home front and the final one number 10 celebrate successes that's also so crucial recognize and celebrate your students achievements no matter how small to build their confidence and their self-esteem life is difficult enough but how many times have you stopped and enjoyed the fruit of your labor if you do this becomes a motivator if you've saved your money and make a purchase that equates to success if a student brought their grade up from failing to d's that's a success in both instances they've met this goal and time to set another one there are many opportunities to celebrate success still in our fast-paced world we've unfortunately become conditioned to keep on trucking rather than enjoy our hard work, even for a moment. So celebrate successes along the way, no matter how small or insignificant you think they are. Homework time. So 10 things are a lot of things to tackle. So I want you to do this. I want you to take three 
and narrow it down. Only three. And then next week, focus on three more. And then once you've completed those, choose another four and finish up. Remember, there are no trophies for the first parent done, and I'll never know. Also know, it's not helpful if you just rattle off these tips and say, done, 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 without taking any action. So take your time, try to slow down the speed of life, and spend a little of your precious time helping your middle schooler adjust to their new surroundings. I think when you spend time focusing on, it might even help you too. So remember, what you focus on is what you get. Focus on success, and that's what you'll get. Thank you for taking the time to be a part of Middle School Mayhem. I'm your host, Bill Renner, reminding you to never underestimate the power of love, laughter, and the unwavering belief that you are making a difference. So, until we meet again, keep embracing the challenges with open hearts, finding strength in the journey, and cherishing awkward yet beautiful moments that come with raising extraordinary individuals.